This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Welcome to the Nukuda Podcast, Parshas Kisisa. I wanted to uh, kind of continue on a few of the ideas that we were talking about last week. Uh, I mentioned the concept of uh, the katoiris and the idea of the oinig for the neshama, that the neshama has uh, pleasure on a certain level from certain uh, sensual experiences, we could say. I mean, we get all of our information from the senses. In fact, the the senses are considered to be like she'urim, the, the gateways into the neshama. So this is goes for all the senses. We said that the sense of smell, particularly, is something that goes straight into the neshama. We don't have a, a um, physical satisfaction like we do from eating, which is also, of course, a big void as well. Uh, but it's it's more um, it, because it's less tangible. It's it's less likely to become something that you're going to be um, uh, so, uh, you know, uh, brought down by. You know, there's some, not something that's going to slip you down as much as certain other things. Although, of course, you know, <laughs> there are plenty of uses for uh, that kind of thing that is also uh, pretty questionable. Um, anyway, we'll get into that. But the point is that what I want to talk about is this idea of the relationship between the neshama and the goof. Um, we've talked about this idea of the garments and that essentially the garment is itself, in, in any kind of relationship, uh, we have a situation where the garment is the outward manifestation of something, whereas the it, it, it's kind of indicating and pointing to the inner invisible aspects of that thing. So, and it's a way for us to be able to find out something and, and have some kind of uh, um, encounter with it through the senses. And it was like Hashem himself, we wouldn't be able to know anything about him at all uh, or have any kind of relationship with him at all if it wasn't for the fact that we have a physical world that we're able to uh, encounter him through. And by seeing things in the physical world uh, and learning out, you know, by extension, uh, aspects of Hashem, by learning, by seeing how the physical world works, um, that's how we have a, a relationship with, with spiritual things that, at all, because they're essentially invisible. So the same thing with the neshama and the goof, this, the soul and the body. The body is the, is the uh, physical, you know, visible component, and the neshama is the invisible component, which is keeping it alive. Um, but really, it's the soul that's the whole thing, that's, that's running the show, that's the whole reason why the body is here, is for the sake of the neshama. So when we emphasize in our own lives the physical aspect of our lives, because we figure, well, that's, you know, that's uh, take things at face value, this is something we can count on, we can really see. And in reality, that's not the point at all. The whole point and the uniqueness of man is the fact that the uh, that the soul is combined with the body, so therefore it's, it's forced to have this 
uh, relationship with the body and, and, and bring Hashem into the world because it, of the, the spiritual aspect can have this sense of uh, uh, a connection to Hashem. And the physical uh, interface with the physical world allows us to bring that uh, into the uh, physical world and also provides us with the experience of uh, free choice which we wouldn't have if uh, we would be like a, a malach, an angel, if we were, if we didn't have the physical aspect at all. This way, we have an opportunity to serve Hashem uh, with, you know, through the physical by choosing to do that, even though we have a choice to ignore Him because of the fact that we don't see Him. Uh, okay. Anyway, so I think you probably get that already. That's that's not really the point of what I wanted to say. What I'm talking about here is that. We um, have to determine who is in charge. It's it's a choice of who to follow, and that comes again. I mean, it goes back again to this idea of how convinced we are, and how how important it is to us that Hashem ex- indeed exists, and that He is uh, expecting something from us. That He created us here for a purpose. And he uh, wants us to um, to follow his directions in terms of how to make this uh, environment that we have been placed into uh, a godly one, both in terms of, of uh, our own physical bodies, uh, to, to elevate them to a state where they are more godly, and uh, the world as a whole, by having that influence on the world and bringing Hashem, the consciousness of Hashem into the world and our behavior to be in line with his directions. So that all seems pretty clear, except that in the actual practice, it's uh, not so easy. And it's like easier said than done. Um, because again, there is an immediacy to, uh, to the physical world that we don't have until we you know, uh, sensitize ourselves to it. Um, to the to the spiritual world, and to a certain extent, some pe- people can question. You know, well, how important is it for me to even consider the spiritual world at all? Why should I bother with it? Why should I? Why should it be a priority for me? Uh, especially if it means denying myself certain uh, physical things that I enjoy or that you know that that I'm, I'm I'm into that you know gives me satisfaction. So why shouldn't I go with that, or at least make that the priority? And you know. Uh, you have to satisfy the uh, need for some kind of a uh, spiritual connection as well is, is can, you know, kind of you know, what we call a tuffle, you know, like a subordinate uh, preoccupation, not something that really is our primary focus. Um, so why is that not okay? Um, and, and why is it so important that we make this choice and figure out who is the boss and who is the, uh, really the slave to that boss? Um, because this is something that, you know, the, the whole concept of enslavement is, uh, you know, it, it, it was a very, very central part of society until quite recently um, as a part of the economy and as a part of the whole structure of society is that there were, there were masters and there were slaves. Um, so what does that mean? You know, why was that uh, such a prominent feature of society for so long? Uh, we could think of it in terms of the fact that in, in the reality of the total system of, of how the creation goes, uh, that's a very uh, relevant thing because it goes to the actual relationship between the body and the soul itself. In other words, if the body is here to 
to foster and to represent the values of the soul, of the neshama, then that becomes a very important thing. That um, uh, that that relationship is essential because we have to make it very clear again who is in charge and, and who is the follower and who is the leader. Uh, one would think it kind of obvious that the neshama being the bearer of the seichel, the intellect, and uh, you know the, the conscience and, and you know the value system, all this stuff. That's that's in the, that's part of the neshama. That's a, that's a spiritual uh, sensitivity and a spiritual need, what you, uh, you want to call it that. Um, that the body does not have. If the body, if you're just you know following the body, then you can become uh, that. Then you're basically an animal because you know if you deny that spiritual aspect, then uh, you know the, the whole concept of the difference between the animals and humans is that humans uh, have have that nishama and the animal doesn't. So if that's the case, then if you if you deny your your nishama or, or put it on the back burner, you know, give it give it a very subordinate role, then basically you're you're saying that the um, my primary uh, identity or my primary uh, uh, nature is as an animal, and that's kind of that's kind of scary. Um, but we know that men that people can act like animals, wild animals. They can, you know, they can be violent. They can get out of control. They can, you know, indulge their uh, their desires uh, to the point where they destroy themselves um, physically and, and emotionally and and, and uh, spiritually and everything else. That's been done often enough, unfortunately. Um, so you know. It's not a given. It's not. It's not automatic that a person chooses to do the right thing and, and to live a life of, of value to humanity, uh, or and, and or have relations with Hashem because um, we see plenty of people that don't, uh, and there are criminals and there are, you know there are Rishuim, you know wicked people who choose to uh, do the opposite of of, uh, of Hashem's. Uh, uh, desires they even may consider themselves to be competing with Hashem or or, or to 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 uh, rebelling against Hashem or, or whatever the, you know one of those values are. So obviously that's the whole point. Man has that choice e- to go either one way or the other to follow the animal side or to follow the uh, the human you know the the, uh, the godly side. Um, and that's why we're not angels and we're also not animals because we have that choice. At any rate. Um, so what we're saying here is that, you know, like the idea of the, of the evid of the of the um, the slaves and the and the masters, is that a, 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 a um, an evid knani, a Canaanite a slave to to a master, if he took that on uh, as as a commitment, as a, a, you know, willingly took that on as something that he recognized as being his his uh, his proper place in society, it was a very honorable thing. I mean, you have Eliezer Eved of Ruam, that he was, uh, you know, a tzaddik of sorts. I mean, he was really a very high-level person. Um, there's, uh, you know, Tevi was the, the Eved of, uh, it was Yudha uh, uh, Nasi, or Revi, somebody. Anyway, but he was, he was also considered to be a, um, a very honorable slave, you know, somebody that, that was respected in society. Um, because it was a person who took their role very seriously. Now, if the master would decide that he wants to be a slave to his slave, so the slave would become a master and the master would become a slave, then it would be considered to be uh, a total uh, turnaround. It would it would be considered extremely inappropriate. Because that's not the way things are supposed to work. 
in in general, you know, you, you, the, the the people have to recognize their their place. It says, you know, Ezu Chachum Makiras Mekoymo, a person who knows his place. He knows who is who he's supposed to be following and who he's supposed to be leading, um, and you know he has to have a clear conception of who he is and where he fits in, and and again, what what is his level of responsibility? Uh, it could be you know it, it, it's, it's inappropriate for a person on a lower level to lead those on a higher level, and it's inappropriate for the people to, on a higher level to be following the people on a lower level. In in any case, this is you know that should be out of choice. It should not be because they're forced to do it. Uh, in the same sense, when the body does the bidding, when it's properly trained, when it's properly disciplined, and it's properly um, uh, it functions in the right way, um, as following the neshama and the and the seichel, then it's uh, a very amazing, godly thing. It has tremendous potential to do all kinds of amazing things, um, and. It, it is specifically custom designed in order to do those things that Hashem wants it to do uh, with the capabilities that it has. But it has to be directed what and what to do and how to do it. And if it's if it gains the control and it starts calling the shots, then you're in big trouble. So not only do the godly things not get done, but you can end up, as I said, you know, being self-serving and, and following the basest uh, instincts and impulses uh, without any problem because there's nothing to, to uh, lead it to some kind of a higher, higher function. Um, so on, the, on a very simple level, the biggest question that we have to uh, deal with in life, and, and this is also one uh, of the other big, big aspect of this is so important, is that when we limit ourselves to think that the entirety of, of life and existence and, and you know the, the universe is only that which is visible and only that which is physical and only that that we can you know the, the, the pshat so to speak that what we can what we can grasp uh, with our senses um, and we think that that's all there is then we're you know we're tremendously tremendously limiting ourselves because you know the Toyota shows us that that's, this is just the tip of the iceberg I've said many times this is just a very very small part of what reality is um, and the whole point of the physical reality is because it's created with the same kind of template as the as the spiritual things it's it's showing us um, uh, many things about the spiritual world that we wouldn't be able to know any other way and the Toyota specifically is, is not only telling us uh, what's there, but how to use it properly, so that we're actually uh, serving a, a purpose for Hashem, an extremely important purpose for Him in, 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 in motivating, so to speak, and and, and uh, stimulating this entire uh, huge, you know, uh, uh, universal cosmic 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 machine to work. Um, so the very fact that all that stuff exists and Torah gives us a way of of, of Dealing with it and, and, and visualizing it in a sense and, and, and uh, uh, interacting with it and even leading it uh, is only available through the Torah. And it's only available if we make that our priority. Was that we really realize that this is what, we have, that what, what we're here for and, and that's what Hashem expects from us. Um, so on the one hand, we, we end up ignoring a huge amount of reality that we, this is the only way to, to, to access it. And second of all, there's the fact that our own neshama, if we don't view ourselves 
as being a, co- a, a combination of a, of a neshama in a goof. It's a, it's a garment. The goof is just a garment, and the, and the real ikr uh, main point of it is the neshama. And we see that neshama is being, having a certain independence from the goof. Then we don't know who we are, and we don't have a, a proper self-image of, of what, uh, what we're composed of. So therefore, we can't, don't even know how to deal with ourselves and, and with our own feelings and our own challenges. And things like that. It can only be understood in that context. So, and there's also the very, you know, the fact that in terms of our reality, that, that the, the, the Shema is eternal and it, it preceded it being in a goof and it's going to live after it's, it, it, it is in a goof and then it's going to be put back together again by Tresa Mason. But there's a, a huge, a very, you know, very long period of time where there it's, it's not in the goof at all. So what do you do with all that time? So if you're, again, making the priority, serving Hashem with the neshama in the goof in this lifetime, which is relatively short, then, the, the, then we're, we're prioritizing, we're, we're, we're maximizing um, what it was supposed to accomplish in this world, and therefore it's able to accomplish something when it's outside of the goof as well. But if we ignore it, then we can't do that. So this is a pretty big. Um, this is this is a very a very essential thing to to consider. You know what 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 happens after the neshama leaves the goof, and, and you know that's something that has to also be dealt with. Um, okay, so I just wanted to 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 explain that that uh, on one level, the uh, when we decide to ignore. <clears throat> or you know, minimize the role of the of the neshama, the, the soul inside the goof. We end up living a basically a secular lifestyle, or or worse. <laughs> um, but there's another aspect, which is the idea of of claiming that something else besides Hashem uh, is uh, is is creating or providing the meaning in our lives. That we there's some alternative. To Hashem, or to serving Hashem, especially for a yid, you know, to serve Hashem through through Torah, um, that we, we say there's something else there that has some kind of a spiritual value. Then we're uh, entering a different level, which is the level of avodizura. So, avodizura is an affront to Hashem. It's saying, you know, with everything that Hashem has given us and everything that Hashem is, is uh, you know, is, is our creator, you know, and then to say, well, we're go- we don't care what Hashem told us to do, but we do care about something else is telling us to do, some, some either some uh, moral, you know, system, religious system we made up, or Voidazura, uh, some kind of uh, idolatry that we, you know, saw someplace else and, and learned from that. And we, wanted to, we, we decided as Jews, we're going to take on something else aside from what Hashem told us to do. Then all of a sudden we're saying, well, there is something, so, such a thing as spirituality, but it's not spirituality that Hashem gave us. So then, then we want uh, uh, above all that Hashem should, should be protecting us and do all kinds of miraculous things for us. Uh, and and we've basically abandoned him. We're rebellious and we're denying him. We're, we're you know ignoring him, whatever it is. But we're, and we're saying that there's something else that's better, or that's more you know means more to us than him. So when I was thinking about what happened uh, October seventh and this whole thing with this uh, supernova festival um, that took place on on, on Sicus, so it's I think it's important to understand you know. Uh, you can, it's, it's you know, become a very uh, controversial 
uh, issue of, you know, if this was a punishment, it was something that, you know, these people who don't, didn't know any better, how could they be punished for, for acting this way or whatever, uh, despite the fact that it was very openly on, on Shabbos and on uh, Yom Tov, uh, or whatever, and uh, people knew that. It was, it was advertised as being a Sukkot, you know, festival, even though it had nothing to do with Yiddishkeit at all. Um, so why was that got such a, a reaction? So the question is, of course, if Hashem was actually doing this as a punishment or simply Hashem was withholding his protection. Um, and there's many, many situations where we saw that, that uh, Moshe Vimla were Shomer Shabbos, were, were protected, they weren't, they weren't attacked, whereas other ones that were not Shomer Shabbos were attacked. So that would be, again, a, a question of, you know, is it a direct punishment or is it simply, simply that Hashem is not going to uh, be able to provide the kind of protection that he would if they were following, you know, Torah missiles. Um, and there's a lot of stories, I think I already said, about, about uh, situations where even a minimal uh, uh, decision to, have a, to, to acknowledge Hashem or to pray to Hashem or whatever had very uh, uh, significant results. But the point is that I think it's important to see that um, exactly what was going on there. I, I, I came across it on, on the uh, online. There's a, a um, still still a, an ad there, which uh, was for the promotion of the event before it happened. So it was never taken down. Um, but it's, I, I thought it was significant to um, to read some of what what they were saying there. Um, uh, because they were are presenting it as some kind of a spiritual, spiritually meaningful uh, experience, and acknowledging that it's taking place on Sukkot and not having any mention of Hashem or Yiddishkeit or anything uh, at all. Um, just a quote from what they say here. He says, uh, legendary universal parallelo festival is at the land in our small but vibrant land. Yes, but uh, just as it sounds, the most powerful and meaningful Psytrance music festival is one of the most recognized and active Psytrance nations. is already making its way here. An inseparable part of our continuous and everlasting vision is the creation of groundbreaking events infused with international standards and filled with a unique lineup. Um, this time, during the upcoming Sukkot holiday, one of the biggest, most influential and revered festivals in the world is coming to Israel. Uh, and they go on to say what it is, heart and soul of Brazilian trance music. Um, uh, it's built over 23 years. As he says, um, together with this massive community, which has been built over 23 years, inspiring people globally across continents, the central driving force behind it is a set of fundamental and important human values, free love and spirit, environmental preservation, appreciation of rare natural values that the festival embodies. So in other words, this is, uh, it's considered to be uh, more, every, every two years it spreads love for exquisite electronic music and all of its variations, establishes an authentic connection to the social artistic ideology and channels all these elements for empowerment and the dissemination of the trance culture, which emerges as a universal cosmic light from the wild jungle and spreads through the world, throughout the world. Okay, so this is very obviously presenting itself as uh, uh, basically a, um, a, uh, an alternative to or, or a substitute for religion or a religion in itself. 
And it's not, uh, you know, the fact that it has this uh, Buddha statue and all that stuff. There were uh, no Jewish symptoms, to my, to my knowledge. Um, it's showing that um, they're looking for an alternative to Yiddishkeit, and they're celebrating that. And uh, and what people, what Jews have to know is when they abandon Hashem to that extent, um, they have to expect some kind of consequences, you know. Hashem is there, Hashem is seeing what's going on. And certainly don't expect Hashem to save them when they get into trouble from other sources. So uh, it, it just seems to me to so, be so obvious that you know, it's one thing to ignore the soul and the Shema altogether. It's another thing to, to uh, say that there is something more valid and more relevant than Torah to create a spiritual, uh, spiritually meaningful life. Um, and that's, uh, that's what was going on then. So, you know, draw your own conclusions, but it seems to be pretty obvious uh, what the message is here and uh, that it requires everyone, each of, each of us at whatever level we're at to uh, become more spiritually aware in a true sense, you know, a sense which is, which is driven by Torah as opposed to our own, uh, own ideas and own, own uh, um, you know, things that, that, that attract us. Um, and to really see what is our role in the world and what are we, what are we here for? I mean, the the the, the hafter of the work of this week uh, talking about uh, about Ilya Novi and with the Baal and making a, a, a specific uh, um, contest, uh, you know, a, a, a excuse me, kind of contrasting one against the other and seeing, you know, first of all, calling the Eden fence tattlers, you know, who are you? Who are you with? You know, are you with them? Are you with us? Where you make make your decision? You know, where do your where does your allegiance lie? And you know, who are you following here? And who are you not? Because that was a uh, a similar type of a test. You know, where you know who who do you follow? And what do you really believe? Um, and you know, and uh, we'll get our act, our act together, so to speak. <laughs>